the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Good morning. And welcome in to Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, trying to get you to retirement. That's my goal. Give a speech yesterday at Visa at a women's conference and... I think I came away a changed man. It was a pretty good little uh, gig. Got to watch some Girl Scouts speak. I know you're saying Girl Scouts at a women's conference. Yeah. Girl Scouts are kind of like little women's minions on the future. And I was pretty impressed. Made me want to have a little daughter. Like, women are the future for sure. Uh, In no doubt about it in my mind in any way, shape, or form. Holy mackerel, it's uh, April 4th, and there's a lot of stories out there today, so we want to get right to them, right on top of things, right after, of course, we hit the market numbers. We have the Dow down a whopping 112, and I go, sweet, that's wonderful, it's great, things are on sale, we finally have a pullback in 2012. NASDAQ's down 33. S&P 500 down 12. The Federal Reserve is backing away from stimulus. You might remember a day ago, two days ago, I talked about a guy named Fed Fisher, one of the Federal Reserve members out of Dallas, I believe. Now he said, you know what? I, I think we're done with stimulus. I don't see why we need to even talk about it until things get worse. A lot of times the Federal Reserve does what are called trial balloons, and they kind of send up a question, a thought, an idea, and see how the market reacts. Stocks are opening lower after the Federal Reserve signal. It may be less willing to provide more stimulus to the U.S. economy. Come on, guys. Like, what are you doing to us? One day you're like, you'll do anything. I love you. Next day you're like, you don't get any of this. You get none of this. Like Don Draper's new wife. Bougie, bougie, boo. Zooby, uh, zooby, zooby, zooby. I can listen to this all day long and make love to myself in my own little head. So yesterday the Fed's like, you, you no. And a couple days ago, like, 
Yes. And then no. So now they're taking away that little stimulus angle that will do whatever we need to to help you. Minutes released from the Fed's meeting yesterday, late yesterday, started to sell off that began in the United States and extended overseas, and it came right back this morning to the United States. Encouraged by job growth, the Fed policymakers seem more willing to allow the economy to move forward on its own. On one hand, that's really good news. On the other hand, that's really bad news. And that's the problem with economists. Like, cheap money has helped our economy enormously in the last three years, in the last 10 years since 9-11. So are you taking the punch bowl away? That punch bowl is spiked with a little extra vodka, if you know what I'm saying. Like, it was a happy little party. Cheap money? Are you kidding me? I love it. Today, bad news, Yahoo lays off 2,000 employees. Broad shakeup of the company. Today's action is an important next step toward a bold new Yahoo. Smaller, nimbler, more profitable, and better equipped to innovate as fast as customers in the industry requires. The problem is, you can say stupid stuff like that, CEO Scott Thompson. Smaller, nimbler, more profitable. But you can't cut your way to revenue growth. What people want to see out of Yahoo is a real plan and provision for revenue growth. Firing people, yeah, you can become more profitable. There is no doubt about it. You call it downsizing. On Wall Street, we call it right-sizing. Wall Street likes people getting fired. Yahoo's trading up $0.08 today in a market that's getting shellacked. Stock market reacted negatively to what the Federal Reserve had to say, but it's still alive. To me, things are on sale, and it's a good thing. The Fed's FOMC minutes yesterday were overanalyzed. When they say the job market's getting better, that's okay. When they say that you know they may have to stop quantitative easing, that's okay too. Because the weaker dollar means more inflation. It means your house value goes down. It means your buying power goes down. It means your dollar goes down. So if the stock market goes down for a day, a week, a month, I don't care. I'd rather see a stronger dollar over the next 10 years. That would tell me that things are better in the U.S. Today, there's some concerns about Spain. Spainy, Spainy, Spain. Ah... Can't say that I get all that excited about it. The 209,000 gain in March payrolls, according to GDP, uh, ADP, that's positive. Sweet, I get to get a haircut today. Um, so it's not surprising right now that the stock market's hitting some bumps, given the run that it's had. We're up 12 plus percent for the year. Happy days are here again. Like, that's an amazing start to the year. That's like going out for a run. Instead of doing an eight-minute mile, you did a six-minute mile. You're going to get tired at some point. I know you're saying, six-minute mile? Come on, why not do a six-minute mile to a four-minute mile? Like, show me that you're a runner, Rob. No, more of a waddler. More of a jogger. More of a casual get-out-and-see-the-countrysider. So we're hitting a bit of a bump. 
Now, we are in the second quarter, fourth day of the second quarter. It's okay. Well, it's not the fourth day of the second quarter. It's the third day of the second quarter. Today's corporate earnings calendar includes a morning report from Monsanto. We get after the bell release from Bed Bath & Beyond. Man, Bed Bath & Beyond used to be the coolest stock on the planet. I remember at one point in time, they had 20 straight quarters of surprising on the upside. And every time they'd report earnings, boom, the stock would go higher. I made a lot of money in the 90s on Bed, bath, bed, bed bath and Beyond. Yahoo cutting 2,000 employees. Let me show you how Darwin works. When you take away 2,000 jobs, those with jobs look better. Maybe. Maybe the Yahoo employees will land squarely and nicely over at Facebook, who's doing everything they can to hire as many people as they can. Dow Component General Electric. They're on the watch list today. Moody's is downgrading its rating on both GE and GE Capital, which is a subsidiary of GE. That makes me sad. I love GE. I don't own GE in the world of finances. It's a finance company. It's a jet engine company. It's a light bulb company. It's a television company. They're a lot. They're a little bit too diversified for me. And they've got a little bit too much exposure to financing their businesses. I.e., if you want to buy a jet engine, we'll give you the money. And to me, that's just a little bit too freaky. Freaky deaky. Freaky deaky. Freaky deaky. Hope Nanian's in the news today. Their shares took a 5% hit yesterday. They offered a secondary. SanDisk says weak demand from mobile phone makers, as well as lower prices from a glut of memory chips are hurting their margins. That's interesting. Flash should be doing better than that. You can find me online at robblack.com, robblack.com. Taking a look at the market numbers, we're having a negative day. It's going to be okay. The Dow's down 123, the Nasdaq down 38. SP 500 down 13. You're listening to AM 1220, KDOW. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220, KDOW. I have searched the world over for a Euro trash girl. All American women. Glad honest with you. Yahoo fires thousands. Well, that's a happy headline. Stocks are declining on a Spain bond sale that didn't go very well. Stocks are declining because the Federal Reserve said, we may take that punch bowl away of cheap money. The ISM services gauge in the United States is declining to a reading of 56. Still a good number. New York City is saying the taxi of tomorrow may be a minivan. It's probably my biggest fear in the world, owning a minivan. I know you're saying, I thought inflation was your big fear. No. Breaking news today is that a future Mitt Romney has come back in time to kill the current Mitt Romney, and it's upset the economic 
happiness quotient. But it looks like a better candidate. The only problem is that a past Mitt Romney caught on to this, and he may be supplanting the future Mitt Romney that jumped back in time and upset the current time. Well, you know what I'm trying to say. So it'll be interesting to see how the whole Mitt Romney from the future kills off the current Mitt Romney thing plays out in the world of media. Let's take a quick look at the marked numbers. We got the Dow down 123. Killing me. NASDAQ down 38 and the SP 500 down 13. Let's welcome in CFP Chad Burton. He's our house financial planner for Rob Black and your money. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. A lot of the questions that I get, Chad, on a regular basis are people who are trying to get the best stock, the best return on stocks, trying to beat the markets, trying to get yields for their cash that's higher than, you know, zero to one percent, trying to chase performance. Let's talk about chasing performance, chasing yield. Mm -hmm. Uh, Typically, I I tend to say that anything over 6% is going to get start getting dangerous on you as far as income-oriented investing. Well, it's more than that now. So, I mean, if you're looking at some of the ETNs um, or ETFs that are in the muni bond area and they're yielding over 4%, likely they're leveraged, meaning they're borrowing money somewhere to buy even more so they can keep the yield up. So if you have any kind of a credit situation... Let's say um, you know budget deficits of California get worse, or uh, Spain and Italy become the next Greece, which looks like it could very well happen. Um, and you have some sort of credit event, you could see those funds lose ten to fifteen percent. Um, high yield bonds, you know, the those are really considered the other alternative name for high yield bond is junk bond. They're right. lower credit ratings, and again, you can see those move just like stocks in value. I uh, bought. A lot of high-yield stuff and convertible bonds in early 2009 that had 30% returns, and then I sold them. Um, still own actually a little bit now uh, because most funds, to keep their interest rates above 4%, own high-yield and foreign bonds and some common stocks now. So um, you know, people's portfolios are more have higher beta now than they think. And we've seen entire firms you know, brought down like MF Global because they invested in Italian bonds a little bit too soon. Um, they're chasing performance. They're trying to stay ahead of the curve. Again, they went down for other reasons, but chasing yield can bring you down, and it can bring you down hard. Yeah, yeah. You know, like Franklin Templeton had one of the best foreign bond funds. They really stumbled in the first, or the last part of 2011, uh, went into Irish bonds and things like that too early. So people stumble. And that's the other thing too, Rob. Really, people need to be very careful of when you go through a period of increasing interest rates. Yeah on being in really popular bond funds. Those are the funds where people cash out because they get scared, forcing the bond manager to sell bonds that they don't want to sell. You know, a lot of times if you hold the bond to maturity, you're going to end up being okay. But if your investors are dying for their money and you're forced to sell the bond at a loss, your NAV or your bond fund is going to fall. When do you think people should just say no to bond funds? Ever? Well, if you're at a stable interest rate environment um, or rates are high and they look like they're coming down, Buy individual bonds and hold them to maturity. Um, Right now, I like the liquidity. We've de-risked our bond portfolio, though, to go to some really well-managed, much smaller funds, so we don't have to, um, and even less known funds, so we don't have to deal with that run on bonds if in 12 months, you know, interest rates start to rise. Um, I would like to buy individual bonds and hold them to maturity, but the level that I have to buy them at, there's so many bonds out there paying at a premium. So in other words, you're going to pay 
103 to 105 dollars for a bond that's going to mature at 100 dollars in five years. Have you ever considered um, like a, a Ford bond or a GM bond? Because we we kind of assume those companies aren't going to go out of business. Yeah, but again, we're keeping an eye on our managers and make sure that they can get better prices than we can. Okay, you know what I mean, and an individual basis, and that's where you. Wait, wait, you said, do you know what I mean? And you looked at me like I know. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> I have no clue what you just said there. Okay, so well, when an individual buys a bond right. from a market maker, right? a lot of times you're paying a, a premium for a bond, and if you're buying at such a small level, you're going to get a much worse price than a PIMCO or somebody else that's a market maker in those areas. You I know what I mean? I'm as big as PIMCO. No, you're not as Well, you're a lot bigger than Bill Gross. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the self. You might, have, you might have sixty pounds on that guy. He's, he's a little. He's a little yoga guy. You he just went from, himself backwards. You just that. went from subtle to not very subtle. <laughs> he's a little yoga guy. Have you met him? It, well, no. I think it's well known that he does like two hours of yoga a day or something like that. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So yeah. the only thing I can tell you about Bill Gross is that mustache just flips me out. When he has it, it flips me out. When he shaves it, it flips me out. Comes and goes. So anything else that we need to know about this topic on chasing the yield? No, I think just people have to, you know, quarterly keep an eye on their bond funds and what's in them. Um, a lot of bonds, funds that we own and were successful with, we had to sell because we were getting prospectuses saying they were going to start buying more common stocks. I've talked about this before, and I think this is going to be a theme through 2012. Um, and, uh, again, you look, I would rather own the individual bonds when interest rates are high and coming down. Right now, I'm, I'm, I'm liking what my bond managers are doing in my funds. It's good stuff. It's CFP Chad Burton. CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at New Focus Financial. Dot com. Yeah, that's CFP Chad Burton. You can meet him live and in person. He will be at Dinah's Garden Hotel Thursday evening, which is coming up on Thursday evening, April 12th at Dinah's Garden Hotel. Um, I do these events to raise a little bit of money for charity. Not a lot. I charge like five bucks, I think. And you can sign up at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. And uh, three hours, we teach you everything we can about financial planning, about retirement, about wealth preservation. He's a super good guy. Uh, Chad Burton's the kind of guy that I have a sister, but she's married. If she were to divorce, I'd love for him to marry kind of thing. He's that kind of guy. Good human being. So we got the Dow down 155, the NASDAQ down 43, the SP 500 down 15. Dow falls 100 today. The Fed is backing away from stimulus. That is a good thing on so many levels. Burger King's going to be a publicly traded company again 18 months after being bought out and being taken private. They're spinning them back off. Do we need Burger King to be a publicly traded company? Does the world improve from Burger King being a publicly traded company? They changed their menu to basically copy McDonald's menu this week. I know you're saying, no, they didn't. Yes, they did. You can find out more about me at robblack.com, robblack.com. Coming up, we got breaking news, headline news. And I'll talk about my beloved stocks. AM 1220, KDOW. Black now. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW.
Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. What's on your financial mind? You ask the question, I'll give you an answer. If you want to call the show, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. I don't want you to be shy in any way, shape, or form. Oh, good golly. Um, we have a down day on Wall Street. I'm strangely excited by that. We haven't had a down day really like this, it feels like, for the year. Dow's down 123. The Nasdaq's down 38. The S&P 500 down 13. Gold's down 44. Oil's down 1. For the Federal Reserve saying that we may be done with the punch bowl. This party may be over. That should scare the hell out of you if you're a gold owner and you're counting on it. I don't mind owning gold. I don't count on gold to be my big winner, winner, chicken dinner. I know you're saying, what does that mean? I'm not going to stop and explain that to you. U.S. apartment vacancies are uh, declining in the United States, their lowest rate since 2001. Apartment vacancies in the United States fell their lowest level since 2001 as home seizures. And a growing pool of young adults forming households boosted rental demand. Vacancy rate fell to 4.9% in the first quarter from 6.2% a year earlier. If you're a landlord, you are loving this story. Renters are competing for a tightening supply of units as more homeowners are displaced by foreclosures. Happy days are here again if you're a landlord. Effective rents, which take into account such landlord concessions as like a free month, climbed 1% from a previous quarter to an average of $1,018. When I first moved to the Bay Area, I rented a, a flat. had a landlord who liked to come into the flat, into the backyard and pee. Landlords can be kind of creepy. I don't like being a landlord. I don't like landlords. Just me speaking my mind. So a new study came out, and uh, there's really no reason on the planet to shop at Best Buy. Best Buy online prices were 4.2% higher than Amazon's. On average, before tax and shipping, Best Buy could only claim the Best Buy on about 4% of products, whereas Amazon had a better price on 54%, and they were tied on 42%. Best Buy offers free shipping on fewer items. So there's really no reason to buy Best Buy. They're not the Best Buy. They're the second Best Buy. You with me? Or are you against me? Uh, it's that time of year where we get to look at billionaires and their passion called baseball. If you had a billion dollars, you could buy a Major League Baseball team. Only seven of Major League Baseball's 30 clubs are owned by people worth... Ten figures. Ten figures. It's going to be my new uh, rap name. Ten figures. Some billionaires have tried and failed to land membership in baseball ownerships club. Mark Cuban went for it twice with the Cubs and Rangers before failing a third time with the Dodgers. Cuban wasn't the only billionaire to lose out on the Dodgers who were ultimately sold to a group fronted by Magic Johnson, non-billionaire. Hedge fund manager Steve Cohen and the Memphis Grizzlies owner Michael Isley all threw hats in the ring. 
So there's a lack of billionaires in baseball's boardrooms. Do you know why? It's typically not a good fit. Most billionaires get where they are by taking charge, calling the shots, which baseball doesn't really care for. They don't really want leaders. In their day, Charlie Finley, Walter O'Malley, Cal Griffith were kingfishes in small ponds. George Steinbrenner. Baseball today doesn't really want a powerful boss. The NBA does, but baseball doesn't. It's worthy of noting. Looks like we got a caller. Hitendra. Hitendra, how are you? Good, Rob. How are you this morning? I'm okay at best. I've listened to you for a couple of years last, and I have invested in uh, Ginny May funds. You had uh, talked about them before, you know, Vanguard Ginny May or Fidelity Ginny May. And I just wanted to get your opinion on if they're still a good investment uh, or should one uh, keep their cash pogged, uh, you know, yeah, a little for, bit of for, cash. For the record, I think Ginny Mays are not good investments. They're I think okay. they're safe investments. Yes, which is, yes, I, that's which is I, considerably yeah. different. If an investment, um, what do you get? Some more return as well, yeah. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little about it, and thanks for the call. Ginny Mays are interesting to note. When you buy a Ginny May, basically what you're doing is buying a government-sponsored investment. And that's kind of interesting. Ginny Mays are safe because they do have that government angle. Ginny May stands for Government National Mortgage Association, GNMA, Government National Mortgage Association. It's wholly owned by the Federal Corporation of the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development, HUD. Created in 1968 through an amendment through Title III. Ginny May is credited with creating mortgage-backed securities in 1968. Mortgage-backed security programs is a way of attracting new sources of capital for residential mortgage loans. Ginny Mays can make guarantees because the mortgages in the underlying security are insured or guaranteed by the Federal Housing Association. So basically, you're getting a government guarantee. In the United States, that means a lot. Our government doesn't fail. Our government will print more money. Our government will play games like that. But when you buy a Ginny May, you're, I'm not going to say you're safe. But it's the second closest thing to safe that you can have. It's pretty darn attractive. Uh, It's a cash equivalent in my mind. It is not a replacement for cash because there is some risk. The biggest risk is prepayment of mortgages, not higher interest rates. My mom owns some Ginny Mays. I would still have her in Ginny Mays. With that said, this is a low rate of return. It's not great. So if you got too much in it, you're taking the risk of, of underperforming inflation. I would want your Ginny Mays to be mixed with tips. I would want your Ginny Mays and tips to be mixed with other income. 
maybe potentially something like real estate investment trusts. Ginny Mays are so close to cash, I don't consider them investments. With that said, be careful if you're over-investing in them because the rate of return is not good enough. It's good. It's better than cash. It's better than what you're going to get at a bank. But that's like saying, you know, I'm a four-foot, six-inch dwarf. You know, that's, you're not a lot taller than a four-foot-four-inch dwarf. What's the right term today for dwarfs? Dow's down 153, the NASDAQ down 45, the SP 500 down 16. Gold's down 45 today. Apple is now rumored to release the iPhone 5 in June. Isn't it crazy? Foxconn, who does a lot of the hiring and building of products for Apple, said uh, one of the recruiters are looking for 18,000 employees for the iPhone 5. How about that for a job? Who wants that job? Go work at Apple, Foxconn, and Asia. Suddenly, unemployment's looking a little more attractive, isn't it? <laughs> okay, let's move forward. Um, Burger King's going to be a publicly traded company. Again, they once were public. Well, they were private, then they were public, they are private. And now they're public again. Can't say that I get too excited about that. Uh, in a bit of sad news for those of you who love pigs in a blanket, meat producer AFA filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy, basically saying that the, the liquidity crisis that pink slime has brought on, it's stormed through the mainstream, it hit social media, and basically, they're going bankrupt. My personal opinion is there's a place for the world's worst meat on the planet. Even if it has to be cleaned with ammonia because you're eating cow eyeballs and cow toes and cow tails. It's called cheap meat. And some people want cheap meat because they can't afford expensive meat. Steaks are up 30% in the last year. Almost every major supermarket chain has ordered their suppliers to stop using pink slime because it's a horrific name, and Jamie Oliver has kind of attacked it aggressively. I can't really say that uh, you know, I'm going to be judgmental on a company. If, if people want to eat spam, they should legally be allowed to eat spam, in my opinion. This is no different than alcohol. This is no different than... You know, other questionable, like pig feet? Ooh, gross. I don't want to eat that. Anyway, a company's going bankrupt because of it, and jobs are lost. And sadly, that's sad. AM 1220, KDOW. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. 
have to step on this song. Bare naked ladies. B and L. Uh, there's two celebrities that I kind of look like. Puffy James Spader and lead singer of Bare Naked Ladies. Neither is a real big compliment. But I don't know. Maybe I, maybe they say they look like me. You know, who knows? I was always a big fan of Bare Naked Ladies. And uh, I always thought they had one big commercial album going to come out at some point in time that sweeps America off their feet and they fall in love with the band. For the record, I hate the shtick of if I had a million dollars. Because a million dollars ain't even a million dollars anymore. In the state of California, a million dollars is $900,000 because we pay 9% sales tax. A million dollars ain't what it used to be. I did a speech yesterday for Visa Women's Network, and what an amazing group. Hats off to women. They are the future of America. They know how to help each other. Men, if we had half the intelligence and passion and compassion of women, we wouldn't be the glorified cavemen that we are. Every major war has been started by one man promising to cover another man's back. Women, holy mackerel. I'm not saying I fell in love yesterday, but it was interesting to see, to say the least. Um, where do I go? I got no place left to go. The stories today aren't positive. Yahoo's laying off 2,000 people. Tough for me to be proud about that. It's a long expected move since their new CEO took place. They're trying to cut costs, change their focus after years of flat revenue growth. They're cutting 14% of their workforce. Further cuts are expected. Layoffs are expected to span Yahoo's many departments, including the marketing division and product group. Yahoo says it's a bold move. I think it's a cowardly move. I want to see them grow revenue. You can improve your bottom line, there's no doubt. Uh, That's interesting to note. I saw an odd little headline creep across. A new batch of counterfeit Avastin circulating in the United States traveled from Turkey and the UK before arriving in the US. A licensed UK wholesaler bought 120 packs of the counterfeit medicine from a Turkish wholesaler before exporting 38 packs to the United States. Can you imagine trying to get a good cancer drug in your body and you find out it's counterfeit? Monsanto. Profit rose 19% as the company turned in sales ahead of expectations. With help from a strong selling season in the United States and a continued growth in Latin America. U.S. Airways has told some American Airlines creditors that merging the two carriers could create over a billion and a half dollars in synergies as it courts support for a combination of the two companies. These are the headlines that I got to work with today. 
Larry Page has been CEO of Google for a year now, and the stock's done nothing. Which he took over from Eric Schmidt. You know, Page insisted the company had to be more aggressive about countering the threat posed by Facebook. Some people are worried that Larry Page is fearful, paranoid of Facebook. Page responded with his crusade that is still reshaping Google. Facebook obsession has already led to Google's creation of its own social network, Google+. It's inspired changes in Google's privacy practices and internet search results. It's all brought the question about, about Google's phrase is do no evil. Facebook awoke Google to its shortcomings in the social aspect of the internet. It wasn't something that could be ignored forever. You know, fretting about Facebook may seem like overkill, but Google's dominance, I think it's already starting to wane. Because I could tell you, like, let me give you an example. Ten years ago, when I wanted to go buy a TV, I'd go to Best Buy and I'd look at the different TVs and go, you know, that, that picture looks better than that picture. That picture looks better than that picture. Five years ago, I'd go to Google and, and type in, Best pictures on TVs. Consumer Reports, best TV. I'd, I'd Google five or six terms. And Google would make little advertising dollars. Now I just go straight to Amazon, go to TVs, go to my price range, look at the reviews of 5,000 people. If 5,000 people rate something four and a half, five stars, I'm in. Like, I don't even search anymore. I don't go to stores I don't search. The only time I search is when I, I meet someone who's intriguing that I, I go, wow, I want to see more of this person. And I jump online and, and try to find their LinkedIn, their Facebook. But again, sometimes that's just jumping straight to Facebook, ain't it? Or jumping straight to LinkedIn where Google's not getting the do re me. I know you're saying, please don't ever use that phrase, do re me ever again. No, I'm going to still use it. So from two struggling giants, we have one beautiful phone. Nokia and Microsoft are starting to sell phones together. In about a year from now, we'll know if they've got any traction. Or in my world, I like to make up words, gription. You know, in a room of 100 phones, you can count on one finger. How many runs, how many of them run Windows? The Lumia 900, it's beautiful, it's fast, it's powerful. And weirdest yet, it's only 100 bucks. You're listening to AM 1220? KDOW. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW.
Welcome back in. Hour two, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and much, 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 much more. Anything you want to talk about, pick up the phone. Give me a call, 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Tiger Woods is getting ready to play in a big tournament this weekend. It's Easter weekend, which basically means it's Masters Tournament. Gorgeous event. He's the 9-2 favorite. So gambling is picked back up. Tiger Woods wins the tournament, and gambling is picked back up. Now, as an owner of Nike, I can tell you that Nike's thrilled to see the old Tiger back. Ah, uh, I'm not a very judgmental person. It's one of the more interesting aspects of me. I don't hold on to grudges. I've got very short-term memory for that kind of stuff. But I do kind of like seeing things that guys talk about, talked about. You know, I think he's good water cooler. Will he win this weekend? Will he not? Will he get back chasing Jack Nicklaus or not? U.S. stocks are dropping down a Spanish bond sale. Give me a break. We're we're pulling back today because we can't go up every day, every month, every quarter, every week. Wells Fargo and Bank of America retreated 1%. SanDisk, the biggest maker of flash memory, down 8.5%. That's a stunner. I don't own SanDisk, but they basically make flash memory. When you turn on your iPhone, it boots up super fast because it's not a hard drive. It's a flash memory drive. So it doesn't really matter to me what the news is today. We're not going to stem the decline. We're going to have a down day, and we'll be okay. I spoke at a woman's conference yesterday at Visa. And one of the things that I like to say is, you know, don't spend $400 on shoes because men don't look at your feet. So when women buy shoes, it's for competitive monkey chest beating versus other women. Has nothing to do with men. You want to impress a man? Nice. Something around your neck or ears because we want to kiss your neck and ears. We don't want to get near your jangly, nasty toes. But one of the things I talked about was the drop in the stock market's like a drop in shoe prices. It should get you excited. It shouldn't be a bad thing unless you're 55 years old and wrinkly and getting ready to retire and die. A down market's a good thing if you're accumulating wealth. So every two weeks when I'm buying my 401k this year, I'm buying at a 52-week high. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's like it hurts. It hurts me when you say those words to me. I know. I need lots and lots of therapy. And I'm getting it. Right here on the air on the AM 1220, so down days are okay. Fed said they're going to take the punch bowl away yesterday. They said, we, we may not lower, we may not quantitative ease, we may not do anything ever again to help you guys. We're still here, but as the employment numbers are growing, we're backing off a little bit. That's a good thing. It's kind of like being a father to a kid who you have to keep giving him $500 a month to help with his rent, $500 to help with his rent, $500 to help with his rent. And then suddenly you're like, you know what? You're on your own, bud. Time to fly. And the kid will fly. 
the Fed's trying to get us to grow up right now and stop taking that easy money. Labor market conditions continue to improve at a moderate pace. I like it. Again, when I first came to the Bay Area 11, 12 years ago, I'd walk into the Marina Safeway, and guys were taller than me. And I'm, I'm not used to that. I'm 6'2". And everyone was 6'5", 6'6", 6'7". And guys were smarter than me, and I'm not used to that. I'm top of my class. They're top of their class from better schools. Women top of their class. Women taller than me. There's a certain wonderful thing about recessions, about bad markets. They take those freakishly tall people away. The people who come straight out of college, boom, shakalaka-laka, and sends them back home. I like recessions. They curb excesses. We'll get back to the excesses. Those freakishly tall and smart people will get back to jobs, but I had to work my whole 20s to get to six-figure salary. Why do they get it instantly guaranteed, right, at coming off college just because they're six foot seven and beautiful? So the ISM service gauge in the United States, a service gauge, declined a little bit month over month. It's not bad. It's still expanding. Services account for about 90% of our economy, and they're needed to broaden growth and help spark additional labor market gains to help spark household growth and wealth. I look at five fabulous indicators. Some people say the Fab Four. I say the Fab Five. Spring arrived early this year with warmer weather. The spending increase was pretty broad-based. Consumers were forced to tap savings in order to accomplish it. Real consumption expenditures advanced one-half of 1% in February. It's the largest monthly increase since September 2011. The five things I, I look for are things like increases in motion picture theaters, household utilities, new motor vehicles, air transportation, and magazines. When those do well, it's telling you something. When you see an increase in motor vehicle fuel or life insurance or household appliances, you're seeing how people are spending their money. You know, jewelries and watches up 3.6%, good sign. Women's clothing up 2%. I'd wear the same pair of jeans till the day I die if I could. Women don't want to. I'd live in a box. I would live in a cardboard box as long as I got my HBO in it. Cosmetics and perfume up 1%. Dining out up one half of 1%. And casino gambling. Those are five fabulous indicators to look at to see how the economy is growing. And these are positives. They're areas that don't have to grow. So when you see spending there, it's telling you people are opening up. You know... I'm looking at my calendar right now, and I got to get out. I, 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 I got to get to Mexico soon. I have to get to an island soon. Not because the, the feds are chasing me. Not because of legal issues, but because I haven't been on vacation in a while. I want to get away from pasty Rob and get into sun-soaked Rob. 
soon. And that's a good indicator. Because I, I take this pretty hard. I, I, it's, this, this is a lot of work for me. A couple things you want to do when you're in your 20s and 30s. It's so easy to become a good investor. You want to plan ahead. You want to write it down. You know, with the whole American thing where you carve your initials in a tree when you love a girl? You got to write stuff down on your goals, your financial goals, so that you can now budget it and get there. You want to live within your means and stop overspending. You want to pay off any credit card debt over 8%, any credit card debt, period. You want to start investing sooner rather than later. And you want to establish a marketable skill. Have fun. You're listening to AM 1220, KDOW. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and much, much, much more. Try to learn how to become an investor when you're younger. You got to do it. Social Security is only going to count for $20,000 in retirement. After you pay your health care, maybe 10000 bucks a year total, pre-tax. Have fun. Marry wisely. You know, have a marketable skill. I'm stunned at how many people come out of college with English degrees. Now, again, I'm not knocking English degrees. Okay, I'm knocking English degrees. Have a marketable skill. A friend of mine, uh, 10 years ago, I took him to a, a baseball game, him and his daughter, and it was so sweet. She was like a little 13-year-old daughter who loved her daddy. She just taught her first science class at her elementary school. That's a marketable skill, and it's got a good pension, and it's, it's, it's nice to be a teacher. It's quick. It's weird how quickly people grow up. Dow's down 164, the Nasdaq's down 53, the S&P 500 down 17. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton talking all things financial. Building a financial base is a concept that we got to get started. We sometimes say, I got an extra $300 a month. I've got an extra $500 a month. How do I get started? Let's talk building a financial base. Yeah, it's, it's the key. And this can happen... A lot of times it happens based on a life event where you kind of say, oh my gosh, I got to get serious. Whether it's you have kids, you've been laid off for a while, you win a small lottery winning, you know, whatever it may be, you've really got to sit down and get educated first. Small lottery winning. I, well, I had a friend that went through a really bad couple of years and he contacted me. He's like, I've won the lottery. I have 80000 bucks, right? Okay, that's nice. What's the first thing he does, Rob? Buys a car. Exactly. And he goes, I realized how stupid that was. He caught the show online. And so now what do I do? And I gave him a couple of books to read. You've got a couple of books on your website. Um, you know, Rick Edelman's initial books, The Truth About Money, I think we're good. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, but New Rules About Money. Yeah, The Truth About Money I thought was better. Really? I think it gets more sales-oriented as he, as he published. But anyways, 
Um, you got to, first of all, get your emergency reserves intact because a lot of times people end up in a situation, um, a bad financial situation that becomes a house of cards is because they get disil- disil- dis- disabled, if I can get that out. That's easy for you to say. <laughs> I might be disabled myself. Um, or they lose a job for a period of time where three to six months they're out of work and they can't service their debt. They can't put food on the table. They build up credit cards. They ruin their credit. And they're, they, they go from a situation that should only be bad three to six months to I've ruined my credit for 10 years. Um, so have your emergency reserves intact, right? That's first step. Second step is make sure you're putting enough money in your 401k to get the match. If you're eligible for a Roth, you take the next you know, $5,000 that you can save, put it in a Roth IRA. If you can still save more money than that, go into the 401k. As far as what you should invest in, in your 401k when you're first starting out, I like the retirement date funds for younger people. Like okay. the, you know, retire 2045, 2050. Freedom funds. Vanguard has them. T. Rowe Price has them. Um, I like uh, T. Rowe Price and Vanguard's much better than Fidelity's. Really? Um, also, if you're trying to find what do I invest in my Roth IRA or my taxable account, I think the free ETFs, the iShares that you can buy at TD Ameritrade, for example, you could, as long as you hold them for 30 days, you can buy them without a trading cost. So go for index. So why does TD Ameritrade do that? Fidelity does it as well. But why? Because the iShares give them a little bit of kickback. The internal fees are like point, you know, zero eight percent, and they get a little bit of that back. Um, so, uh, making sure that you build up that first hundred to two hundred fifty thousand dollars, you can do that in index funds and ETFs, which are essentially index funds that trade like a stock. Then after that, you've got to get good at picking individual managed mutual funds. And so there's usually a long learning curve before you try to buy individual stocks. And by the time you get to two hundred fifty thousand. That's when you make sure you have a group of trusted advisors. You've got a good CPA, you've got a good attorney, you've got a good fee-based financial planner, and make sure that everybody's working together. And just make sure you're in that phase of accumulating, appreciating assets or assets that give you income. Okay? Accumulating, appreciating assets or assets to give you income. Okay. That's, that's what you really have to focus on throughout your entire life. Stop focusing on depreciating assets like a car. I mean, you know, I buy... I like to drive nice cars, but I right. buy them used typically when they're off a two or three year lease because I can save twenty to thirty thousand dollars. Right. So, um, you know, look look at that and say, how am I paying myself first? Am, am I always saving before I spend any money? And how do I focus on accumulating appreciating assets? Okay. Now, appreciating assets. Give me some examples. Uh, well, stocks, obviously, especially stocks that pay a dividend. So they're paying you something. I mean, there's no more comfortable way to retire, Rob, than if you retire with enough assets that you can, you don't even have to live off all the dividends from your stocks and the interest from your bonds. Some of it you spend and the other just gets reinvested. Right. Or when you buy real estate, make sure that, you know, it's a good deal if you uh, put you know, 20, 30% down, get a traditional 30-year fixed loan, and after your all of your expenses, property taxes, maintenance, property management fees, you still have positive income. That's not only a positive income asset, but it's something that somebody else is paying off for you. Real that's estate, that's right. the only good way to leverage is in real estate. But people over-leveraged without positive income in, in uh, you know, the last real estate bubble. So, you know, I mean, stocks, bonds, real estate, uh, commodities, those are appreciating assets. Okay. So accumulate, accumulate, accumulate. Anything else we need to know about building your financial base? Stop thinking that you deserve now what your parents already have. Okay. Okay. That's the biggest thing that kids have a problem with. They they think that I, I'm out of college. I have a new job. I should be in the same house and drive the same car as my parents. That's yeah. the problem that is with our generation. 
I think the generation beneath us, Chad, a lot more frugal. You know, I think they are, and I think they, they, they're a lot more wise, and we really need to get a better way to educate our kids. Yeah. I had my uh, 12-year-old look at, um, you know, Buffett tried to do that site where he was a cartoon character. Did he? There's a website. That's um, horrible. And the first part of it says, Warren Buffett is my best friend. <laughs> There's a song about Warren Buffett being your best friend. And it was started in about 2010 and hasn't been updated since then. He thinks that they're just terrible. And our kids, I think, are hungry to learn about investments and money, and there's really no good outlet right now. Uh, I'm with you. That's CFP Chad Burton talking, building a financial base. You need to do it. I need to do it. We all need to do it. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. And about an hour after the show is over, there's a podcast available, a happy podcast. You can find it at kdow.biz. That's kdow.biz. It's a rough day out there today. Every sector's down. Consumer staples are down the least. Utilities down second least. Healthcare down third least. We need these things. Can't live without toilet paper or electricity or without healthcare. We need our medicates. We need our, our, our pills. Send all pills to Rob at KDOW, somewhere in Fremont. We need our pills. Materials down 1.1%, financials down 1.1%, tech down almost 1%. Pretty rough sledding day. I'm cool with it. Um, as rents push higher, story we did a little bit earlier today, people are going to go buy homes. That's a good thing. Mortgage applications up last week. Dow down 158, NASDAQ down 52, SP 500 down 16. Got a seminar coming up in... Palo Alto, not this Thursday, but the following Thursday. Find out more at robblack.com. Phone lines are now open. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now. Back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, much, 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 much more. One of the authors I like to read is a guy named O'Shaughnessy. Um, <coughs> excuse me. I got the black lung. Uh, O'Shaughnessy is... You may remember him from back in the day. He, he's kind of a quant guy. He's very numerically oriented. He said basically that financial stocks, financial stocks, let's start the conversation here. They've outperformed the SP 500 aggressively this year. They're up 20% for the year. And these are stocks that were the epicenter of the crisis that caused a recession, a credit crisis in the United States. You've got a couple important things going on with the banks a reflation. Banks are the first ones to take off. They're most sensitive to reflation. So J.P. Morgan wasted no time in raising their dividend as soon as they could. I like dividends, and I like buybacks. It's an incredible signal to market participants when they issued their dividend. Reissued, upped it. Importance can't be understated. I feel comfortable in financials. 
for a lot of these companies was a matter of survival in 2008, 2009. And now they're sharing the wealth. It's kind of like you when you lose your job and bills aren't being paid. You don't know what to do. And then suddenly you're like, hey, I'm making money again. I'm going to give some money to charity. I'm going to give some money to my church. It's a good sign. Bank earnings going forward have the potential to be explosive. I'm not calling for records. I'm not calling for anything like that. But from where they are today, they have the potential to be explosive. In a bit of breaking news, a Mitt Romney from the future has come back and killed the current Mitt Romney, creating a, a tear in the fabric of time. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. The Dow's down 158 this morning, the NASDAQ down 51, the SP 500 down 16. Oil's trading lower, gold's lower, the 10 year Treasury's ticking higher, Euro's lower. It's a bad day. Private sector adds 209,000 jobs. It's a good day. Yahoo laid off 2,000 employees for the stock. That's good for the cup. For the people, it's bad. For the stock, though, at some point in time, you can only fire so many people, Yahoo, and then we got to see some revenue growth. Got to. You can't cut your way to revenue growth. It's a little bit like Chris Rock there. You can't cut your way to revenue growth. Chris Rock doing finances. I would love, love that show. So there's a little uh, Google starting to launch some TV shows or some TV channels. They're not getting a lot of publicity at this point in time. But keep in mind, you come from a day and age where when you were born, cable TV probably didn't exist. I remember the first time we got cable as a family, we were in the military. My father was a military man. And, uh, you know, military bases were easy to wire for cable. Very static communities, right? I remember cable TV. My dad flipped out about it. Nine bucks a month. But what it promised was no more rabbit ears. It promised no commercials. Well, that kind of went to hell in a handbasket. But look where cables come. When cable TV started launching TV shows like ESPN... Basically, they were like big burly men pulling tractors, carrying logs, you know, those muscle man challenges. And then they got on to Chris Berman. He's going, bark, 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 home run. You know, he's bumbling, he's doubling, he's bumbling. And the programming started to get better. We started creating some, some celebrities there. I do a little channel, a little show on YouTube called Rob Black Show. It's easy for you to find. I think early on the shows are going to stink. I saw one yesterday where Weird Al, basically what they've done is, you know, those movie uh, pressers that every time like a Megan Fox Transformers movie comes out, she has to sit in a hotel for like eight hours in a row and be interviewed by 30 celebrity television shows around the world. So what they're doing is they're taking her footage and they're intersplicing like Weird Al asking the interview questions and changing them. It's a pretty funny little show. It, you know, it, it got five minutes of laughs out of it. Snickers. Is it better than Tosh 2.0? No. 
But I think Tosh 2.0 is better than, you know, uh, Leno. I don't think I'm saying terribly much there when I take a diss at Leno. I just think he's just not funny. Okay, okay. If you find Jay Leno funny, probably shouldn't be listening to the show, in my opinion. I'm definitely not on Team Leno. Which, for the record, the whole Team Leno gets me thinking about vampire movies. I'm writing a script about a teenage high school football vampire team. How can you lose if you mix teenage football high school with vampires? I'll throw in some sexy werewolves. And then I'm out of here. As soon as I saw that show, I'm done. They're just going to send big checks to me forever and ever, and I'm going to forget all of you. Um, other stories of note today. Brown Foreman, a booze company, upgraded today to buy. Analyst raised his target to 98 bucks from 83 bucks. It's an $84 stock. Basically, the UBS analyst is saying accelerating revenue, earnings per share growth, combination of continued spirits outperformance relative to other alcohol. The bourbon category is growing aggressively. And they've got some innovation right now driving some incremental growth. I have no clue what that means. Innovation in the booze sector? Is that like a a bottle of spirits that has a shot glass built into it? Is it like a bottle of vodka that gets you on the internet, prevents you from drunk dialing? I don't know. What's innovation in the spirits? I'm sure there's something there that I'm just totally missing, but there can't be that much innovation. Mm, I love scotch. I love scotch. Scotch is scotch, scotch. Here it goes down, down into my belly. I do like a little scotch and a cigar on occasion. Once a month. It's a good living. Let's take a look at some of the other stories out there. Sandisk is a big loser today, down 6%. Uh, they said first quarter revenue guidance is going to be weaker than expected. Pricing and demand. Pricing and demand. So pricing, flash memory, is a commodity. You get 10 makers of flash memory or 20 makers of flash memory or 30, and, they, and suddenly it's a commodity. It's like, what type of flash memory do you have in your phone right now? You probably don't know. What type of hard drive? And th- thus it becomes a commodity. But the, the other kicker here is they say demand's weaker. And as a guy who owns Qualcomm, I'm a little worried. Instantly, I'm a little bit worried. SanDisk is a big company. They're kind of like a poker player. They've got a, a little bit of a tell to them. Other uh, stories of note today. Internet Explorer 9 has won back some hearts and minds. They grew 1% of the market share to 49.8%. Now, this is where it gets kind of interesting to me. Firefox is 19% of the market. Chrome, 17%. Safari, 9%. Opera, 2%. The Android browser, 1.3%. And other, 2.3%. I would not have thought... 
I don't know. Those numbers kind of hit me in a little funny. Chrome at 17%. Google's got a nice little operating system browser there. But I wouldn't have thought it would have been that high, to be quite honest with you. So Yahoo firing people today, 2,000 people. If anyone needs comfort, let me know. I will come hug you. Rob Black will be giving free hugs today for all Yahoo employees who lose their job. Their business going forward, they got data. They got massive data sets becoming genuine competitive advantage for Yahoo. They have to unlock that. They've got 700 million users who trust them, who use them. How can they personalize that data? Going forward, Yahoo's in the business of platforms. They've got to make their core platforms and systems a genuine strength for Yahoo. Platforms that can really leverage to support their massive scale. And then they've got core media. Content media communication. It's got to be best in class. Trying to get the properties right and innovating on a next generation of great product experiences across as many screens as they can get on. I don't think they're going to do it. Then again, I don't like Jay Leno. And then again, I'm writing a script that is a high school football team in Texas that's a bunch of vampires. I'm going to make millions. So what do I know? Burger King's going to be a public company. That's troubling to me. I don't mind saying McDonald's restaurant. It bothers me to say Burger King restaurant. Hey, don't forget, i got a seminar coming up in Palo Alto at the Diamond's Garden Inn. Not this Thursday, but the following Thursday. You can sign up at robblack.com. It's an evening event. Hope to see you there. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and much, much more. What's on your financial mind? Oh, my. Um, There's not a lot of great stories out there today. There's a lot of negative stories, and we have a down day on the market. Is this the beginning of a correction? Maybe. Would that be the worst thing in the world? No. We saw an increase in the ADP employment change, slightly less than what was forecast, but still a very nice number. We're going to get unemployment numbers Friday. Wall Street's sure to focus in on. Overseas markets suffered a sharp loss basically yesterday after the Federal Reserve said, you know, well, we may, we may not, we may be done easing. They don't say that all that often. Now, again, one of the things the Federal Reserve does is they send out their Federal Reserve members to give speeches, and one of them will say, you know, we're done easing, we're done. And see how the market responds to that. It's kind of like a test balloon. 
Dollar attracts renewed interest. Okay. If the Fed Reserve starts raising interest rates, the dollar will get stronger. Commodities will go higher. And, ladies and gentlemen, gold will fall apart. Commodities are getting clipped today. Apple, company I own, set a record yesterday. All in positive analyst commentary, but the stock's decline today proves it's not immune. Keep in mind, when people saw the SBA, and I said this at the Visa conference I spoke at yesterday, I own Apple, but everyone in this room probably owns Apple. Because if you own a Standard Poor's 500 mutual fund, you own Apple. Does that piss you off? Do you own too much Apple? I do. Nike unveiled some new uniforms that are going to be... Uh, in the NFL this year, the, the Seattle Seahawks, they include some horizontal graphics as well as some colors inspired from the area. The uniforms are a lot lighter this year. Like, just when you thought Nike can't do a new uniform, they do a new uniform. Oh, yesterday at the speech, uh, the, the visa program I spoke at, Michael Phelps's mother spoke at. And uh, I got her a water bottle. I know you're saying that's creepy, Rob, but yeah. Yeah, she was. Uh, she left her water bottle up there, so now I got Olympic DNA. Now, it may not be my Olympic DNA, but I got some Olympic DNA, if you know what I'm saying. That's going straight to eBay. You're saying, you're creeping me out, Rob. Stop it. Bad talk, bad talk. Oh, good God. Larry Page was interviewed recently. And uh, he talked about Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs is a jerk. Just so everyone knows, he was not a pleasant man. I've got secondhand knowledge of that. But Google CEO Larry Page was asked, you know, according to Steve Jobs' biography, when you became CEO, you went to Jobs for advice. I know you had your differences at the end around Android, but... What did you take away from him as a mentor and as a friend? And, you know, Larry Page said, you know, I actually got it a little bit wrong. He sent me an email. He said, hey, you want to get together? And I said, sure. We had nice talks, according to Larry Page. We always did. He was quite sick, so he took it as an honor to be uh, spending time with him. He said that he had a lot of interesting insights about how to run a company. And that uh, he also kind of hinted at that, you know, the Android thing was a little overblown. So, and Larry Page kind of implied that Steve Jobs liked having competitors, even if they weren't competitors. He liked showing his employees, like, we got to rally around this company. They're going to kill us. Larry Page says he tends to, like, to manage on a higher level where instead of focusing on competitors, you're focusing on the greater good. But I don't know. That's just a bunch of BS or not. Feels like it, right? Services in the United States declined in the month of March. That's okay. Um, service industries account for about 90% of our economy. We're not really a manufacturing economy. The service sector is still expanding. We had fairly healthy retail sales. Earlier in the show, I talked about my fabulous five indicators that I'm, I'm digging right now. Uh, taking a look at, you know, any story that I can get my hands on at this point in time, 
There's not a lot going on out there. Yahoo's cutting employees, 2,000. Their core businesses can't support a company of 14,000. Burger King's income public. <laughs> Something about that. that like, Trust me, you can buy Clorox. You can buy Johnson & Johnson, maker of baby shampoo. Something bothers me about buying shares of a Whopper company. Can't quite put my finger on it. Uh, Hunger Games is being talked about. Nina Jacobson, who bought the Hunger Games, and she brought it to Lionsgate, produced the studio's biggest hit ever. While her partner was giving birth to their third child six years ago, Jacobson took a phone call from her boss, Dick Cook, to learn that she was fired. After overseeing hits like The Sixth Sense and The Pirates of the Caribbean, she was let go in a round of cutbacks, so it's a pretty big blow to your confidence when Disney cuts you. But uh, she's got a good sense for movies. She's gained a lot of rights for various projects. And uh, she picked up The Hunger Games, a dystopian teen survivor tale that only could be better if it had vampires and werewolves. Because teenagers have to be good-looking vampires in my book. You're listening to Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Don't forget, i got a big event not coming up this Thursday, but the following Thursday, post-Easter, Dinah's Garden Hotel in Palo Alto. You can learn more at robblack.com. Find me on YouTube at Rob Black Show. I'll be back in 22 hours. Hi, folks. Peter O.W. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.